Hey everybody, welcome back to D3 Glory Days on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. The 2022 Outdoor Nationals preview slash prediction episode. We did this last year and backed by popular demand. We're doing it once again. I'm joined by our chief writing officer, Emily Richards. Emily, how you doing? Hey Stu, thanks for having me back. Of course, this is what, your third, fourth time on the pod? Something like that? Something like that. And our D1 correspondent, former D3 national champion coach, everyone's favorite guest host, Jordan Carpenter. Jordan, how are you? Living the dream. Per usual, got nationals coming up. What more could you want? It is a great time for track and field. We just had a awesome track night in New York where Emily was at, hosted by was it Trials and Miles, Tracksmith, and Sidious Mag. We got D3 Nationals coming up. We had some random pro races in Jacksonville randomly. So great time for track, but let's focus more on the division that we love, D3. But first, it's been a pretty historic season so far. We were sent via the historian himself, Kirk Reynolds, just the amount of events that were you know, the hardest ever to qualify in for. I'm going to start things off with the both of you. Which event caught your eye as like the hardest event to make this year? For me, the 5K, like uh, on the men's side, 14, 18 to get into the show. Like that's, that's mind blowing. There were years where if you ran 14, 18 or 14 teens, you thought you were in the mix to be top two, top three. And now it's like, that's the minimum to get there. And then on the women's side, it's, it's essentially, you got to break 17 to be there. Not the fastest ever on the women's side, but very darn close, I believe. Um, so that's what blew my mind. Just seeing that 5k get faster and faster all year and just figuring out where is it going to stop? And it stopped really, really fast. Yeah. I think for me, it was the men's sprints events and the women's distance events. So, um, the 10k in particular on the women's side really fast in um ohio northern uh the school i coached for and went to we had uh the last girl in tessa pikovich a little shout out inserting my bias there um but we didn't think she was going to get in and she had pr'd by um a minute and a half from last year and um got in on some scratches so that was really competitive um we were shocked that as well as she was running she might not have made the national meet and then on, on the men's sprint sides 1049 is like insane to comprehend to me you know we have 1063 was the final qualifying time in 2019 and 2020 which two tenths of a second in 100 meters is insane and with that 1049 there's two guys that ran 1049 that are sitting at home so not only did it take 1049 you had to have 1049 and then the second fastest time to beat out those two other guys so yeah 100 was also insane yeah, just across the board and, and to your note there too, Jordan, to think about the last guy in, in the men's 5k, Elias Lingren, the runner up in cross country yeah. is the last guy in. So everyone above him, the standard is absurd right now. I think my pick is kind of a combination of both of yours, the 5k and the, the hundred meter, but I'm going to go with the 1500 on the men's side. Jordan and I were texting about this a little bit ago, just like when we were in college, like if there was a sub 350 guy, like that was a pretty big deal right now, over 50, I'm not even on, I'm on tapers right now. 50th is 350.65. 
that usually is like a shoe in to make the national meet. And now you're not even sniffing it. And it's still a very strong time. It just shows the depth of where we're in. And 41 guys broke 350 this year, 31 insane, which leads me to my next point in terms of all time times. There were 22 men that set top 20 all-time times across the board from sprints, jumps, and distance, and 25 women. So 47 times marks, throws, what have you, are in the top 20 all-time on top of the records that we have had broken. The 200-meter record for sure was broken on the men's side. The 100, it's still up in the air. I think it's still listed as a questionable mark on Yusufika. I'm not exactly sure what the entire ruling is that is going to be. And then we saw the third woman all time break 16 minutes, Ella Baron, number two all time. So now going into this year, only one woman broke 16 ever. And now we've had two and we get to see them face off in the 5k. Speaking of, let's talk about some notable missing people, some scratches. What caught your eye when you first saw the entries and and who wasn't on the list? Yeah, I know one of the first ones you and I had talked about, Stu, and you pointed it out was, uh, no, Ella in the 1500. So she's the indoor mile record holder. And, you know, the number two seed behind Esther Sealand, uh, one of, I think, six women to break 420 in D3 history, and is putting all her eggs in the 5k basket um, to try to beat Parker. So really okay. interesting to not see her in, in that 15. Yeah, and like, we'll get there. But that has big team implications as well for, for Hopkins on, on the women's side. So interesting decision um, overall, and it'll be fun to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if she thinks this is her best shot at another national title. Obviously, with the mile record, you have to have confidence that you can go do it in the 15. But maybe she saw her rounds not being as strong as she wanted to be. And then the 3K, I mean, she was almost the national record holding the 3K as well. Maybe not the finish that she was potentially hoping for. I think she was, what, fifth or fourth, something like that. And so maybe that... 15 5k double is a little bit more daunting than we think. This is all speculation. I have no idea, but I don't know. I kind of like it going all in on it. No one's really, no one was really touched Cassie Parker this year in cross country and in track. So this is maybe the first big stab besides Ari Marks in that 5k that someone's going to go after Cassie. And that's maybe Cassie's under attack right now. Yeah. Some other notable misses that I just noticed when I was going through things today, Kathleen McCary, we had a piece about her and her on her rise this year. She was, you know, in the 19 minutes or so for a 5k ends up being top 10 in cross country, top three in the 5k. She's out of both the 10k and the 5k. Don't know why, maybe an injury. And then another one, if you remember the DMR, Claudia Harnett, from U Chicago. She has scratched both the eight and the 15, leaving U Chicago with three women still in the 1500, which shows their depth, but found that fairly interesting to see Claudia Harnett out. Anyone else catch your eye? I mean, there's one, too, and it, it pains my forever dark horse pick. You know, I thought this was the year he was going to fulfill the destiny. Unfortunately, we don't know what's going on injured or, or, or otherwise, uh, but, you know, he's in our thoughts. Uh, Travis Martin, not in the field, um, had run 347. You know, I thought he was looking pretty good, um, but unfortunately not going to be there. So I will be very sad. 
Don't worry, Jordan. I have our next dark horse for you when we get to the 1500. And I don't want to put any pressure on anybody, but I've done my research. I, I have the dark horse of our dreams. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. And another notable scratch too, to kind of transition that really quickly. And this will get into the team implications because as we remember, Wash U tied with Eau Claire and indoors, and they were not projected in the top 10 based on entries. They're in the same boat this year. We'll get to it as well. But a big factor in their team is Andrew Whitaker. He is scratching both his 100 meter, 110 hurdles and the four by four due to being in the uh, training camp with the Green Bay Packers. So I think a pretty good excuse not to run in the national meet, but you know, if you factor in a 60 meter hurdle to the 110s, that's 10 points from Washu. But they do have Giovanni Alfred to make up the difference there, but another notable scratch. All right, should we get into some predictions or any other overarching thoughts that you want to share with our wonderful audience? I think the overarching thought I have is how cool is it that we're all back this year? Last year, obviously, we're missing a number of teams from the championship due to COVID that did not have the opportunity to compete to to go to this. And and obviously, there are still you know places in, in the country struggling and people struggling. But for the most part, we are back to normal doing doing what we love, uh, Division Three National Championship uh, as it should be. So something I'm uh, thankful for and, and really excited to see. Yeah, your, your California schools are, are back competing and they have plenty of entries, especially from the other Skyac schools as well. Let's go with the sprints first. Let's start with the 100 meter dash. Again, we talked about it. 1049 was the cutoff for the men and 12 flat for the women. I believe one woman scratched and it would have been 1199, I want to say. But for now... 12 flat and a 1049. Emily, kick us off with who you have as your top three for the men. All right, my top three men's 100, Boskowski, Vaught, Jalen Grant. Oh, so you're going Boskowski over JP. Yeah, I think, gosh, 1014, even with, you know, a bit of a tailwind, that's moving pretty good. And JP, he's really good at both events, but the 200 is his better one. I think Blaskowski gets him in the 100. And I think Jalen Grant, I think he's the number five seed right now, but he was a runner-up last year. I think he squeaks into the top three. So I have a very similar top three different order. I've got JP for the win. I got Sam second. Uh, I also have... Uh, Throwing up the Oshkosh t-shirt for you. <laughs> in third. Uh, with Jalen, um, he's been so consistent over his career, and he's he's just so good, and he's so strong, and I think he'll pull it together, get on that podium, score some big points. But you know, I wanted to go Sam number one. You know, Wyack champion um, in every event he ever does. Um, that kid is insane. Um, but he's got a really busy weekend ahead of him. You know, he's going to be in the hundred, the two hundred, the the long jump, the four by one, and we'll see when he's getting to that third, fourth, fifth event of the weekend. Um, that's why I'm giving the edge to JP. You all would hear our interview with Blaskowski since this would come out on Wednesday. He has been training. He is ready to handle it, as he told me. So it will be interesting because he does have a big weekend ahead. I have a similar top three, but I have a different number three. I'm going JP for the win. 
Laskowski second, and then Nikhil Harris out of SUNY Delhi for third. They just went from Juco to D3, and he would have competed. He was, wasn't was able to compete last year, but he did run 1049 last year, which run the fastest mark last year, I believe, until the national meet. He didn't make it out of the prelim in indoors in the 60, and he's run back-to-back PRs at New, at the Atlantic Regional, 2107-1035. Nikhil Harris, third. Wouldn't be surprised if he did better than that. He also threw shot put at the uh, his conference meet, which is awesome, and finished seventh, by the way. So all-around good athlete. Yeah, now on to the women's 100. Yeah, I'll start it out. So, um, you know, I have for the win, um, someone that's not ranked in the top four. Um, and that's our indoor 60 uh, meter champion, Adelia Coleman, I have for the win. You know, seems like it's coming together. It doesn't have quite the, the super fast hundred time outdoors, but just competitor, right? Won the 60 indoors. Uh, I'll take the, the competitor. Number two, uh, I have Melissa uh, Lindsay from Conn College. Um, again, has the fastest time outdoors. Um, going to uh, obviously be in the mix. And then third, I have uh, Gwen Orr from Wisconsin Platteville. Well, you have have the exact same order as you uh, to the T. And the one thing I will say about Adelia Coleman is her experience. She was at the national meet, not only with her 60, but outdoors as well. Uh, She was third last year and was fourth in the 200. So plenty of experience to help her out. That was reason for my pick. Emily, who you have? in those same order mine's a little different love Um, it i've got Lindsay winning it um melissa Lindsay or melissa Lindsay from connecticut college um just went with the favorite there (laughs) um but she has had a really strong season and i think that that goes a long way um and then i stuck with the number two seed hogue because she was the 200 meter indoor champ and i think you know she comes in with a strong seed and i think she could get second but then i also have coleman in the top three there so i definitely think she'll be a top three finisher, whether it's one through third, but I've got a three. All right, let's go to the 200 and I'm going to go first so that way no one steals my picks. He's going to do the double again, JP one, two, no pressure. And then here is my semi upset, but not really an upset, but it is based on paper finishing runner up in my book will be Jameer Beasley out of Rowan. He was runner up last year in the 200 outdoors. And he also was an all American and he was third indoors as well. But right now he's sitting in 16th. So he might be a little bit overlooked right now, but I'm not overlooking him. And then my third is going to Shek Triori from Ramapo. He is on a mission right now. He just broke 47 in the four, just broke 21 in the two. However, it is going to be a wild 200 and it's very tough to call. I don't even have Blaskowski in my top three. That's how crazy it is. Yeah, it's interesting you didn't put um, Gregory in there. The national record holders do. I know. I, that's, why I, that's why it's crazy. I'm, that's my, this is my biggest maybe upset picks is not having Gregory in there. He's fourth or fifth. Yeah, I've, I've got um, Vought winning. Sorry for not giving you love in the 100, JP. I've got, I'm giving you love in the 200. Uh, that's your event. I think Vought wins that. And then I have Gregory second. Both those guys have broken the national record this year. I feel like 
I got to give them some respect <laughs> there. And then I've got Blaskowski in third. Yeah, I, Stu, like you, I don't have the national record holder in the top three. I just, it, the 2-4 double is hard. You're coming on the, the 200 after you've already done um, another final. So I've got JP. Uh, I just think the 1-2 double is, is easier to handle. Um, so I've got JP for the win. I've got Sam uh, carry UW lacrosse on my back, uh, Blakowski, uh, for, for number two. And then number three, one of my favorite names in the field, um, Dom Data or Dom Data. I'm not sure how he pronounces it, but great name. Um, I've got him coming three, uh, not doubling. Um, some of the guys in front of him are, um, so he's going to be fresh and, and ready to roll. So I've got him coming three. And you have an upset, uh, potential pick in this race um and that is our indoor 60 meter national runner up um he's Derek Plitt from Adrian I believe down on the performance list but when you've run the 60 as fast as he has um I think he's ready to drop a fast 200. Yeah, majority of these events as we go, it is it is very hard to decide what you think. These fields are insane, and I think that continues into the 200. Emily, I'll let you kick things off with the women's 200. Winner, I, I feel like I went really safe with the 200s. Um, Del Russo, so she's oh. our, our number one seed, only one under 24. I went with with her for the win, and then I went beeman so the one and two seeds real boring and then i went badenhauer from loris um as number three like jordan said that four two double is really tough but we watched her have an incredible indoor meet and loris will definitely be in the hunt for the the um winning trophy so i feel like badenhauer will be in the top three Emily, you can just admit you did it because she's run the 800 and you're claiming her as, as an 800 meter runner and you want to see the 800 runner podium on a sprint event. I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, I, I'm pretty sure she was a sprinter before she was an 800 runner, right? <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it will be a scary day for every 800 runner when she decides that's the event she wants to train for. <laughs> All right, Stu, I, I have uh, some different names. Well, a couple of the same, but different order. So I have Beeman for the win. Um, I'll take the speed. So I'll take the faster 100 um, showing up in the 200. So I've got her taking the win uh, over De La Russo um, coming in second. Uh, De La Russo is also going to be in the long jump. So um, she's got a busy meet ahead of herself um, as well. And then for third, uh, I've got Lindsay um, from Con College again, like, Give me that hundred meter speed in the 200 every time. All right. Mine's similar, but different. Isabella Hogue going to repeat. She's going outdoors. She's going to take it. She's eighth right now in the seed list. Doesn't look like her four by one or four by four are going to be there as well. So she only has the one to double. I got Della Russo second fun fact for, her, for you all. She was the 400 meter winner outdoors last year. Hasn't run a 400 this year for, for whatever reason. It looks like she focused a lot on her team, her conference championship. She ran the hundred, 200, 401, 404. She high jumped, she pole vaulted and she long jumped. So quite the athlete we have in store. And then Beeman after a 
Nice win at conference. We'll take third. Stu, what, you know, we might need to get the historian on this. When is the last time that we saw Nebraska Wesleyan not in the four by four? Yeah, that's a thing because they had a qualifying mark and I want to say maybe someone got hurt. I don't know because they DNF'd at Augustana that four by four, but they still had a mark. Some and Higgler, their 400 runner scratched the four. So I'm just kind of deducting here that maybe she got hurt and they just ran out of, uh, some bodies to, to get them there. But I know they didn't, they didn't qualify the indoor COVID year. So 2020, they didn't qualify, but because there wasn't a national meet, it didn't erase their record. So I mean, and they went on that long seven peat. So it's maybe been since middle teens. I'll, I'll look it up. I don't have it off the top of my head. I should have looked it up. But yeah, it's going to be weird not to see Nebraska Wesleyan women 404 at the national meet. All right. Men's 800. This, this is maybe the hardest one. These distance ones are really hard for me because I could see it going in multiple different directions. You know, I had a really tough time picking the top three here as the field super deep, seven guys under 150, Mike, Jason, and Tucker, both at 148. We saw Tucker go for it a few times this year, calling his shot and coming through. So you got to love the confidence on that. Mike Jason continues to work hard and put in the fast times. I know he was super disappointed in his 800 in indoors as he was fourth i'm sure he's looking to rebound here but right now on paper who i have i have tucker cargyle winning it right now he's been super confident all year in himself he's going all in on the 800 taking away a chance at an all-american award in the 1500 after being runner-up and giving aiden ryan a big run for his money so he's not scared to mix it up up front so that's why i'm going to go with tucker cargyle in second mike jasa was on that Loris team that set the four by eight record. He's run 148. He's won a national title. He rebounds, but comes up just short in the 800, finishing second. Ryan Wilson, the indoor champion, he could come out and surprise everyone and just prove everyone wrong. I have him third. He's going to be in there. I wouldn't, if, if he wins, I'm not going to be surprised. Honestly, if any of these three that I mentioned win, I'm not going to be surprised. I had to put them in some order. If I wanted to do the millennial version, I'd say they, they're holding hands across the line and they all take piece of the first place trophy but i can't do that Stu, it's it's okay to upset some people that's we're here we're giving bulletin board material that's true right. that's what we did last year right we did that last year <laughs> this is prove us wrong like that we're ready tag Stu. tell him how wrong he was i want to uh, be wrong that's why we're here i'll go with mine i have the same three but a different order i have tucker cargyle getting the win you know he's been close he's been so good um, his entire career, um, and he just keeps chipping away, keeps getting better. I think he gets it done, um, not trying to double. Um, he's clearly going after the title. I've got Ryan Wilson second. I think he's been a little bit forgotten. Uh, he won the indoor championship. Um, hasn't had, you know, he's run well outdoors, but hasn't thrown off that time that some of these other guys have. But he's running in the Northeast um, at some smaller meets, not in the best weather. Um, so I think he's going to do really well. I think he gets second. Um, Mike Jossa, third. Again, he's just too good not to be in that mix. Um, that's my one, two, three. Is, is your roommate there, Jordan, bribing you to say Ryan Wilson? No, no, he's not here. Um, oh, I do have um, one note. Uh, I think 
I might be wrong, Stu. You would you would be you would know better than me. I think we only have one person attempting the eight fifteen double. Yeah, I just I just wrote this down on who it was. And oh, I know who it was. Who was it? Stu, look up. He goes to this place. Oh, Stephen Potter. Stephen Potter. Yeah, the only man attempting the double. That I was going to have him in my top three, and then I realized he's doing the double, and that's going to be very hard if he makes it in both finals. That's I did the same exact thing. I was like, oh, Potter could, could be top three. He's so consistent. But doing the double, I think he'll be double All-American. I, on the other hand, overlooked it and <laughs> put him third. So we're just going to go with it. Stephen All Potter. in on Stephen Potter. Let's go. Third. <laughs> um, second, I've got Jasa. And at first, I've got Cargyle. Uh, I think cargyle has been talking big talk this year. He's been tweeting at Nick Simmons saying he's going after that record. I would love to see that. Like, if you're going to talk big talk like that, let's let's see you put it into motion. So I would love to see Tucker throw down a fast time um, and hopefully, you know, drag Jason and the rest of that field to really fast times too. That'd be a good, good lineup there. All right, moving on to the women's 800. Emily, you can go first. This is your event, your event. Who is going to win? You should be expert right here. We have the national record holder in the 800. Has Esther been tweeting at you? No, she's not been as aggressive as Tucker. (laughs) Disappointingly, I don't have super fans like that. So, (laughs) Um, no, but she did break the NCAA championship record last year. And, you know, I'm sure is on a similar mission this year, clearly on a different level than the rest of that field. I feel like if any of you don't have Esther winning this, it's uh, an interesting pick there. Um, So Esther, number one, uh, it'll just be interesting to see how she does it. This is her first time at that outdoor meet doing more than just the 800. She doubled indoor, she did the 3K and the eight, which is a tough double. but still ran really fast um, in the eights. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if she just goes for it um, and throws down a fast time. Um, Cause she's definitely, you know, looking past NCAAs and trying to qualify for USAs and things like that. So this could be an opportunity to throw down a qualifying time. Um, after that, it's tricky. We were just talking about this before uh, recording how it's kind of a blanket finish there after Esther, um, a bunch of women at 208, 209. I went Emma Kelly from WashU number two, and then I put Kearney number three, um, but she's also doing the 815 double. So I guess that's my thing here. If you're doing the 815, you're going to get third. It's a tough double. Uh, I have I have a similar list. Uh, I have Esther Sulin. You know, I know last year, Sue, we had our lock of the meet. I think I'm going to make this my lock of the meet. Like if if you have a bookie out there who is willing to take your bet, you bet house everything you own on after Steeland winning the 800. Um, I'm not going to because I cannot. Okay. I want to make that. Yeah, as a D1 coach, you can't do yeah. that. Me, on the other uh, hand, out of coaching, I can go do whatever I want. Stu, Stu put, put the house down. Um, I have number two, Emma Kelly as well. Uh, UAA champ in the 400. Again, give me that speed uh, in the eight. Um, I have her second. I have uh, then uh, Nikki Johnson of Middlebury. Um, third, um, she's going to be fresh for it. Um, so I like that over some of the other women ahead of her, uh, doing that double, which. Yeah. The, I have the same top two as well. Same 
reasoning behind it. And then my third is going to be Delaney Saul. She was in the final indoors. So she was a redemption. She'll be top three. Only reason I don't have Cassie Kearney in the top three is because drum roll, please. My upset of the meet is going to be Cassie Kearney taking the 1500 meter championship. How about that? Wow. She's taking it for the win followed by Esther followed by hope Murphy hope was in the mile final as well. Uh, I think she finished 12th. She's had some strong races. She's chopped off time. Every single race is down to 426 right now and is number two, but give me Cassie Kearney. She's had an unreal year, uh, running 427 and 208. Plus she has some strength as she broke 17 in the 5k. So I think she will have some strength for this weekend, but it's going to be a big effort to take the win in the 15. She'll finish fourth in the 800. So we're going to jump to the women's 1500 before we go to the men's. We saw that. Um, that is a huge upset pick. Maybe, maybe you should take the house off Esther Sealand if, if you're not confident in the 15 win, I've got her winning the 15. I've got her pulling off the double. Uh, I do have Cassie Kearney second, and then I have uh, Zanzi Demko, again, our doublers, uh, being that third pick, so I have uh, Zanzi third. Yeah, I've got a similar lineup to Stu with Esther winning, Kearney second, Hope Murphy ripping the OAC third. Wow, so we have the same same people. Men's 15, where do, you, where do you begin here? You got Ezra Ruggles running 344. You got Aiden Ryan the second man to break four minutes in the mile indoors. We've had someone do it outdoors. And then the deepest 1500 field we've ever seen at a national meet. I had a tr- trouble with this as, you know, you're looking at last year's national runner up, Jacob Ritterhoff sitting sixth right now. He also took down Aiden Ryan, the DMR. You have Steven Potter, as we mentioned down there in 13th, we've had some people who were indoor all Americans like Michael Maddock of lacrosse sitting at 18th. So it's very hard. It's a deep, deep field. And there are some strong people not in this Jordan. I'll let you start here with the men's 15. Yeah. So I've got third. Um, I have Sam Verkirky, uh from UW Eau Claire, uh, Wyak champ, uh, ran a really fast time in a, in a championship race. Um, uh, you know, so it's not like some of these other meets that, you know, are paced or that, um, they're just getting towed around. So I, I saw that really impressive. He's also run 150.0 in the 800. He did that out of heat three, which was even more impressive. Okay. I didn't even see that. So yeah. yeah. So completely alone. Second, I have our indoor mile record holder, Aiden Ryan. And for the win, we've got Bennett Booth, Genthi, Pomona Pitzer. For those at home, Jordan, uh, with a big smile on his face, put on his Pomona cross country hat on. So we love it. Unbiased takes too. No, I mean, that's a, it's a, I, I like the take, you know, Bennett has run really well. He's run 149, 149 fast, fastest 800 in the field, I believe. Yeah, he should be. Aiden's run 151 this year, a few times. So, and he's got his teammate in there, Jack Rosencrans, who just ran that on like a massive PR. All right. I'll go with my three and then Emily, you can, you can finish us off. So Similar to you, Jordan, I'm going to go with Aiden for the win. 
I think it's going to be super close. He's going to get pushed. I think Bennett's going to be right there, which is why he finishes second. And Ritterhoff is going to be, it's going to be bang, bang, bang. It's going to be the closest finish we've ever seen at a national meet. And Ritterhoff always puts himself in really good position to close. We've seen it in the 3K. We've seen it in that DMR. Plus he was last year's runner up in the 1500. Again, another race where I can see a, a handful of guys going one through three. The, even these guys can go in a different order, one, two, three. But Aiden, Bennett, Ritterhoff, top three for me. I have Aiden winning, indoor mile record holder, 356. Um, has had kind of a quiet year compared to indoor, but you can't bet against the uh, 356 miler. Um, but then I, I agree with you, Sue. I think Ritterhoff is right on his tail. I think he gets second. Um, he was out at um, St. Francis a few weeks ago where he ran that 346, I believe. And I'm pretty sure like let off the gas at the finish line. Like he's way faster than 346 and had a, a really good indoor meet. Um, he's ready to go. And then my third pick, I, I put Ruggles 344. Can't ignore it. So I put Ruggles on the top three there. I was just getting ready to say if none of us pick the, the guy with the top seed, yeah. man, talk about bulletin board material. They're going to come after D3 glory days after this. Everyone's going to come after us. It's fine. We're putting ourselves out there. All right. Now we've got the distance events. We can start with, we can start with the men's 5k. Oh wait, men's let's five. do, let's do 10k first. Cause that way that can impact your 5k. Let's go 10k first. Uh, and then we'll do 5k. Cause I think that's a little bit easier. All right. So men's 10k number one, I think was uh, on the men's side. Yeah, I might make this my my lock for the the men's side of things. Uh, Alex Phillip absolutely blown away the rest of the field uh, this year in that event. We know he can close well too. He's a uh, national champion doors um, in the shorter distances. Uh, I, I think he takes this one without having to work all that hard. Uh, I've got his teammate coming in behind him. One two could be very big for uh, John Carroll in the team battle. And then I have uh, Ethan Gregg. Uh, UW lacrosse. Um, he's a little bit, you know, a few places down, but if you look at, you know, when he ran his time and how he ran it, um, he won the meet again, not getting towed around. So there's probably room to run quite a bit faster for him. I picked my top three solely on my OAC bias. I went Alex Phillip, Jamie Daly, Simon Hayes, our OAC representatives in the men's 10K. Emily, we have the same three different order of Alex Phillip. Simon Hayes second and Jamie Daly third. I think Alex and Jamie speak for themselves and what they've done this year, but Simon Hayes, I think people forget about Simon Hayes because he didn't make indoors. He was again, kind of on the bubble there of the three K similar to where he was on this five K fifth right now in the 10 K. This is his first national meet and since cross country, he's going to be hungry. It's his only race. He's going to go all out. So yeah, give me an OAC triple even though I was not an OAC runner, but I see that happening. Two, two people I do want to mention in this field that I think could be uh, maybe not upsets for the win, but upsets certainly to be second um, that are a little down the list. We've got Graham Tuigatos, um, ran his time very early, much later in the year, ran a very fast 5K. And then uh, we've got David Fassbender from UW-Whitewater, who was third and fifth indoors, so those are two guys that I think could definitely upset, um, could definitely be in that top three. 
Yeah. And we're also not mentioning the, the national runner up in cross country Elias Lindgren could, could be a threat. And then I also want to give a shout out to TK Burhey from Laverne. He's the other true freshman in the field. When he broke 30 this year at Brian Clay, his 5K PR was 1511 at the time. He then went on to run a 1433 5K here at the end of, uh, the school year at Oxy. So, you know, kudos to him. There are, there are plenty of fast people out there, another true freshman. So just wanted to shout that out real quick, but yeah, moving on to the women is Ari going to give Cassie a run for her money. Always. That's what happens at the national meet. Yeah, I have, I'll go with my, my three. It's a fairly safe three. It's in order. Cassie, Ari, Fiona, you know, Meredith Floss is going all in the 10K, could see her stepping up in there. But Fiona Smith has just had an incredible year on her end, similar to her indoor. She's PR'd in every single race she's done. She's the sixth all-time 5K -er, uh, running 16-16, ran 34-33, and has 429 speed. But I think Ari is a little bit stronger and it's going to be a battle. I think, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a classic 10 K where we see one person go off the front and then run away with it. I think it's going to be what we saw earlier in indoors and have uh, a few people there with, with uh, three laps to go. And it gets, it gets winded down there the last 400 meters. Yeah. Um, I have a similar list, but you know, death taxes, Ari marks, putting it all out there at the national meet. Right. And um, that's what we're expecting to see. Uh, but I have Cassie with the win. Ari Marks definitely going to make a, a, an impact in that race. I've got them second. Uh, Fiona Smith um, third, as you talked about, incredible year from from all three um, running uh, all time times. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, this is the first event we all agreed on. I have Parker, Mark Smith in that order. If we're wrong, you know, prove us wrong. D three. <laughs> Another person to look out for is Clara Mayfield. She is in the 10K as well, was an All-American in cross, had a good indoor meet, and I believe is going all in on the 10K. Nope, she's in the 5K. Never mind. Anyway, Clara could also be someone to look out for. Yeah, you got eight women, sub 35. We'll see if it takes yeah. sub five at the National Meet to be All-American. Let's go straight into the women's 5K then, as I will call maybe an upset, maybe not. I'm going to take Ella in the 5k. Dude, that is, that's the least upset. upset I know. You could have yeah. made. Let me well, it's, it's an, it's an upset in the sense that like, no, there hasn't been a distance woman to win a 3k, 5k or cross country in a long time, but she's also number two all time. Yeah. Not an upset, but someone's going against Cassie and I don't, I, it's going to be a great race. Cassie gets second or gets third, but Ella, if you're going all in, you're going to win. Right right? Stu, you don't get to pick the fastest seed, the number two runner all time in the event and say, this is my upset pick. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> take, take my credentials away. <laughs> all right, Emily, who, who you got? Yeah. So I initially had the exact same thing you did, Stu. I said, Ella Parker Marks. And then last minute, I 
drew an arrow switching Ella and Cassie so I have Cassie winning and Ella getting second but I think kind of like the men's 1500 it's going to be a really close race they're going to be wire to wire I watched Cassie run 1609 at Drake and I don't think it was a good race for her I think she was disappointed she had a lot bigger goals and I think this is her her um, opportunity to get some redemption there Um, and we've seen Parker you know do some pretty incredible things her DMR indoors um, I think that girl's one who is not going to disappoint you at a national meet. So I've got Parker winning that. I've got the same three as Stu. I won't call it an upset though. So I've got Ella Cassie. Sorry. I'll stay my, my reasoning for calling it an upset, but you're right. It's not an upset, but it's also an upset. Like, could you agree on that? You can do whatever you want, Stu. It's your, it's your podcast. It's yeah. your rules. This is your world that we're living in. <laughs> who wants to start off with the 5k? Emily, you want to go 5k then? Yeah. Interesting. We've got Aiden Ryan in there. Um, doubling in the 15 and the 5k uh ran 1401 at the, early in the season out in california i think you know kind of similar to cassie in her 10 or in her 5k at drake was probably disappointed in that probably had his sights on the 5k national record of 1351 by drew patel i've got him coming in second though to alex phillip again my oac bias is strong but we watched phillip you know win the 3k and the 5k indoors beat Aiden in the 3k I think he beats him in the 5k here so he could keep the streak alive of winning you know the indoor 5k the outdoor 5k and cross all year they're the first athlete to do that I think oh yeah yeah because he's the first one to do cross indoor five and three so you know you add those two would that be the five the hep (laughs) yeah something like that um and then my third pick there is Michael O'Brien I believe he was runner. Was he runner up in the 5k indoors? I've got him number, number three. Yeah. I have at the same top two, despite Cassie being the only, the other one to set history. If she won the 5k, I'm going to go with Alex doing it. Set history. Aiden, number two, the almost hero, Nikki Andrews from San Geneseo. If you remember him, he decided he did not want to go with the pack in the 3k. He went for it until three laps to go is when the pack ate him up. He still hung on for an all American finish. It changes this year. He is going to take the top three and prove that what he did in three K was justifiable and he'll continue. And his PR right now is 14, 11 coming into it. So pretty snazzy. He also ran nine, 10 in the steeple. So he's got some strength to him and he's going all in on the five K. Uh, I've got uh, Alex Phil for the win as well. I've got Aiden Ryan second at 15 5K double. I just think it's one of the hardest doubles in our sport. Um, we've uh, oh, there's only one one person to ever do it on the men's side. Stu, do you know who? Will Lear. Correct, Will Lear. So it, it just shows how how hard it is. Um, I think he still gets second. I think he's going to be really competitive. Third, I've got I think it's Matthias Matias Matias. Matias from Suffolk, local to me. So I got to see him run a lot. Uh, he's a competitor. Uh, he's going to put himself in the mix and he's, he's run really strong. Just, just had a, a big 1500 meter PB um, last week. So I think he'll be in the mix. I think he gets third. Uh, my upset alert to be on look for, uh, we've got Henry pick way down, uh, had to run the last chance meet like three days ago to get into the field, um, found his way in, but again, third, third place finisher, in cross country, if I'm remembering correctly, um, I could see him being a surprise up towards the front. I just realized I forgot my dark horse of the meet. 
Oh my gosh, Stu. Well, you can edit it in. We got to have it. My, my dark horse of the meet, whether I'll put it in the 1500 or not, my dark horse of the meet, this is this year's Travis Martin, Jamie Moreland of Haverford. I was looking at some live results, saw that he won in the Centennial Conference. I think that's what they're in. Anyway, I, I checked the splits. He closed in a 54-9. He ran 353, sure, but he closed in a three in a 54-9. His last 200, a source told me, was 25 point. So he's got some closing wheels. I texted Jordan if this guy gets into the field, because at the time he only had a 350. I said, if he goes and runs at Swarthmore and gets a qualifying time, he is a dark horse to nab an all-American spot, even be uh, top three. He gets it done, runs 347. The video is very impressive. He just blew everyone out of the water in the last 200 meters. Some source sent it to me. Uh, it's actually on YouTube. Greg, Mor Greg Morgan's dad put it on YouTube, but uh, a Haverford teammate sent it to me. And yeah, that's my dark horse of the meet is Jamie Moreland. And the pressure that comes with this title. Travis got done last year. Yeah, he did. All-American last year. So Jamie Moreland, you're ride or die. Let's, let's get it done. Jamie, if you listen this far into the podcast, uh, Shoots DM will uh, we'll talk. All right. The favorite races of the weekend are the relays. It's a shame that there's only two relays outdoors. I guess there's only two indoors, but there's, it's true. Yeah. I wish there was more. Give us, give us a distance relay outdoors, like a DMR. Four by eight or DMR four by eight. What would you want? I mean, both are exciting. Four by eight brings back like high school memories. And I think a lot of people would resonate with that more so than a DMR. I feel like DMR is very specific to indoor. Well, it is. So I think having a four by eight would be, would be fun, but that's a lot of 800 depth though. And we Indeed. saw that national record fall this season. That, so. that, which yeah, Loris had that. Yeah. But sadly there isn't one. However, there will be some heat in this year's 401. We have three all-time times coming in on the men's side. Benedictine third all-time UW Oshkosh fifth tied for fifth all-time and East Texas Baptist sixth all time, all in the same race. Let's hope it gets to the finals. We can see them duke it out. Jordan, I'll start with you. Who is your top three order? I've got UW Oshkosh taking home the win. They have four guys that ran 10-6 or faster that are not in the 100-meter national field. They could roll out in prelims four fresh guys if they wanted. It'll be interesting to see what they do if they keep some of those guys in the open 100 fresh and, and pull in some other guys, but they have incredible depth. Um, they should show up to that final, the freshest. Um, I'm taking them for the win. Benedictine, obviously, historically fast. Uh, I've got them two. Uh, East Texas Baptist, I've got them three, kind of breaking the mold of some of the traditional powers in D3. Um, love to see um, the depth growing uh, across the country. Yeah, I had the exact same lineup. Uh, Oshkosh one, Benedictine two, East Texas Baptist three. Yeah, like Jordan was saying there even though we knew who's going to pick Oshkosh. <laughs> I'm, offend uh, I'm offended. I mean, you shouldn't be. It's your alma mater. But yeah, no, that depth in, in that WEAC final, watching all those Oshkosh jerseys in that final was pretty cool. They're going to have a really strong team. And I think they're going to have a really strong meet too when we get to team scores. Um, we can talk about that. But yeah, I agree with Jordan there. Stu, what's, what's yours? So I'm going with Benedictine, the closest school to me in the field. 
So I'm going Benedictine over Oshkosh number two. And then I think East Texas Baptist is very strong. I'm not going to knock any of their, what they did, what they've done this season, but Dubuque is on the rise. They are going to be in contention potentially for a trophy. A third place finish here helps them out. They also have the fastest four by four in the country right now. I think a few of them are on the four by one as well. Speed to speed. It's going to happen. All right. Women's I'm going to go first. Historically Washu tied for sixth all time this season. They're going to take the win just edging out Loris. I was looking at once I was putting all the entries in Loris had four different relays, like within the top 16 times, which is pretty wild. They are going to be just edged out for a second. And then I'm going to take Redlands out by you, Jordan. They ran a pretty fast time late at the qualifier to get in. They also have a few individual qualifiers from that relay as well for third. Yeah, I've got uh, same three different order. I- I'm going to give Redlands the win, you know, not probably in the team battle. So winning this relay is uh, going to be a huge deal for them. They're going to be really motivated for that. I've got WashU coming home second. Loris, um, again, big team points for those two teams, but Loris coming third. Yeah, I've got exactly what it's seated. WashU, Redlands, Loris, WashU and Loris both in the, the team hunt. So uh, every point there counts. All right, moving on to the four by four. I'll get us started once again. I got Rowan coming up for the win. They are 10th right now, and this will lead into uh, our team predictions, but they are 10th right now. They've won outdoors 2021. They won indoors after that lengthy delay is if you remember, they're going to come in, get the win. Dubuque, as I mentioned, could be battling for a team trophy. They're going to come in second. And here's another outside of the top eight pick for you for a trophy. SUNY Geneseo. They've been running very well. 312-7 in their ninth right now. Uh, pretty wild. So that's my order. Rowan, Dubuque, Sunny Geneseo, but also don't count out Mountain Union, 4x4U. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top three as well, but we have to put people down somewhere. Yeah, I've got the the finishing order at the Augustana Twilight Qualifier. So I've got Dubuque 1, Loris 2, Oshkosh 3. Oshkosh is going to have a lot of fresh guys in that relay. I think actually all of them are fresh. Um, I think that's Ryan Potter, not Stephen Potter on the relay. Um, So again, fresh guys. Other teams have guys doubling, tripling. Um, I like them to sneak in third. Yeah, this one's really tough. Like looking at these start lists, there are six, seven teams all seated at 312, two at exactly the same seed, 312.77. Like it's going to be a really close race. Um, 2.7 seconds between 16 teams. So it's going to be wild. Yeah, practice your handoffs, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go Dubuque for the win. And then uh, I'm stuck between a couple here. I think I'm going to go Rowan and then Mount. Yeah, Mount. You can't count Mount out. Yeah, OSC bias coming back. Uh, But that team historically has had a lot of success in the 4x4 and the 400. So I think you can almost always guarantee them to show up in the 4x4. Had a a kind of a uh, disappointing ending to the indoor season there. Um, I think one of their legs got injured and didn't, they didn't, um, run as well as they wanted to. So I think they're, they're going to be back, uh, in full force for the outdoor season. We'll move on to the four by four. I don't have anything 
fun here in terms of upsets or anything like that. I have it straight as it's picked right now. One, two, three, SUNY, Geneseo, Loris, and Rochester. Some of those splits on SUNY Geneseo's 342 squad is really incredible. Loris, they are going to be in the mix. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, when you have Fadenauer on the anchor leg, anything can happen. But with Madison Mulder running the way she is this season and just that team in general, it's going to be hard to beat in Rochester. I mean, they gave uh, Sunny Genesee a run for their money there at the Atlantic Regional, and they do have Susan Bainsbach on that anchor. I think she's split like a 53-something as well. So, again, some of the guys, you know, the top eight are all very close. One through 16 is pretty spread out there, but up front, it's kind of – it seems as though those are the clear picks right now. But, hey, it's a national meeting. Anything can happen. What do you got, Emily? Yeah, I've got SUNY Geneseo winning it. Like you said, Madison Mulder uh, has been having an unreal season with an anchor like that. You know, they can throw down a really good time. Uh, that team is really strong. Then I've got Rochester uh, in second. I think with Bainsbach on the end there, that's going to be a really good race between Mulder and, and her. Um, and then Loris in third. Another team, though, that I think you should watch out for is TCNJ. They've got two women in the open four. They should have a pretty solid team. They're ranked fifth right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, sneak into the top three or maybe even get fourth. Yeah. I thought, you know, on my list, watch you. It's interesting. Normally you don't see a team declare their B team because it doesn't matter. You can, you can, you know, you can change out some of the legs. So it was very interesting that they declared their B time and not their A time. It's only one different runner. So I should have watched you in my top three. I have in the top three on the performance list. So I have Sunia Genseo, Loris, watch you. Moving on to long jump, which we are, I'm getting more well-versed in, had a great conversation with Victoria Cattery of Johns Hopkins. We talked to Isabel Malatich there in indoors. So I'll start with the women. I have Cattery, Della Russo, and Malatich. One, two, three. Malatich, if you remember, tied the triple jump record in indoors Cattery right now is the reigning champ though she won it indoors and has the number one seed she's actually tied with Della Russo as well so there's my reasoning behind those picks also Kadiri she was in the uh, pent indoors and she will not be in the hep outdoors so she's a little bit more fresh for this long jump attempt yeah I've got um Kateri winning um Johns Hopkins first indoor national champion on the women's side. Um, so really cool to see her, you know, back in both those jumps events. Second, I've got Katie Nippert, who is tied with her right now with their jump of 6.06 meters. Um, and then in third, I've got Malatich. Oh, I, I thought that was my sneaky pick for third. I have uh, Victoria first, uh, Katie second. So very similar to your, both your top twos. And then I have, yeah, Isabel Malatich of Chicago went over six meters indoor. That's who I have on my third. I thought it was kind of a sneaky upset. Apparently, Emily also was picking that up. Well, it's not an upset when you are the one of the best triple jumpers in D3 history. And she's won a long jump national title, Jordan. How could it be an upset if you yeah. won a national title? <laughs> she's ranked six, too. That's true. Uh, That's true. On the descending. You're right. You're right. We got to look at the facts, not the history. <laughs> Moving into the men's long jump. Again, you may be able to hear where I'm going with some of my picks here. Nana Agamang of Rowan takes the win. Kenneth Way of MIT indoor champ takes second. And 
the freshman phenom from lacrosse Blaskowski in third actually this is where i have Blaskowski getting the win uh i don't have him winning the one or the two i have him winning the long jump jumped a bomb uh at the final qualifier so like he's he's hitting his steps well he's got his run down like i think the the jump events are ones where you know rhythm and momentum are really important so i think he's ready to, to pop off there um i've got uh uh brock lewis second um and then i also have uh kenneth way uh, from mit in my top three um coming in third i have justin people winning um number two seed right now has jumped 755 and then i've got uh agumong in second uh, i think Stu and i might be getting to the same conclusion here <laughs> maybe maybe a little different um and then i've got um brock lewis in third so i've got Blaskowski, you know doing well in the sprints events and not the not the long jump we'll see what actually happens and our, our lone throw event let's go through the shot put i've I think this is how it is on the men's side. One, two, three, Kevin Reichel, Joseph White, Bram Miller, one, two, three. Spoke with Bram on the podcast. He's looking forward to watching these guys compete as well. Uh, he thinks it's going to take a pretty big throw to take the win. Yeah, I've got that, just that order. Uh, Kevin Reichel, Joseph White, and Bram Miller um, in that order, one, two, three. But special shout out to Keegan Dignate. Keegan Digby from ONU for qualifying. He's the number 10 seed. Would love to see him get All-American. Fun fact, he's the younger brother of AJ Digby, former 400-meter D3 national champion from Spire. Oh. I think it was Spire. Um, but a 400-meter national champion. So shout out to ONU there. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, I, I've got, you know, win in doubt, go with Stout. Um, See, so yeah, I've got Kevin for the win, one at indoors. Um it's, it's crazy that we have two throwers over 18 meters right now. Um, that is, is crazy good. Um, Kevin over 60 feet. Um, yeah, I've got uh, Joseph White in second, um, Bram Miller third. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Like, it's, it's a national meet. Anything can happen. I think indoors we saw Joe White not be All-American, if I'm remembering my extensive research correctly. Yeah, I don't. I think he had a breakout outdoor season. Yeah, he was tenth. No, he he threw seventeen meters indoors, but anything can happen, right? You got to show up, you got to throw, and so we'll see. Like those top three have separated themselves, but um, everybody else gets just as many throws. You get three throws to make the finals. You get three more, um, and we'll see what happens. And then moving on to the women here, I'll let Emily start off as I've been starting these off. Way too many. Let's have someone else go first. Uh, um, I kind of went every other here. So I've got Brianna Leahy uh, winning it. I've got Sky Digman in second. And I've got Caitlin Wilder of Dubuque um, in third. Wilder is entered in all three, the shot put, the discus, and the hammer. Uh, so big weekend uh, for the indoor national champ in the weight throw, I believe. Um, but I'm pulling for her. <laughs> Yeah, I've got um, Katie Fobb from UW-Eau Claire um, getting the win. She's been really consistent um, this season. And then I've got Leahy, uh, UW-Whitewater, uh, second. Um, 
also the one centimeter between them, like it's going to be close. I also went with Katie. She did it uh, just a week ago. Um, again, riding that momentum. Third, uh, I've got uh, Megan Parker again, recency bias, um, just through that, that big PR gets my third pick. At the indoor champ, repeating outdoor Sky Digman, taking the win, Katie Fobb in second, and then uh, similar Catherine Wilder for shot. She's going to have a big weekend for Dubuque, and that leads into our team battle. And I think it's going to be a big one. Stu, you want to start it out? Or do you want to yeah. I'll start. I'll start. So on the, I'll go with the women first with the women. I was going back and forth because UW lacrosse has 21 women. They're bringing 21 women to the meet, which is a lot, but you kind of look where they are. They are, you know, towards the back end of that top 22 and a lot of those pieces. So I feel like they're going to need a, uh, a big jump for them. Cause right now the way it plays out on paper, and obviously if this is on paper and based on entries top four right now is Loris with 57 lacrosse with 49 Hopkins with 40 and wash U with 36. And I have a similar three in there. I have Loris winning it. I have lacrosse taking second wash. is going to jump up to three. And on the backs of Catherine Wilder and Allison Beeman, Dubuque is going to take fourth. Who's following that up? No Hopkins in there, Stu. Not a, no not Hopkins. A Even though you have the upset pick, getting 10 points. This is going to come back to haunt me. Um, I am boring. I have the on paper one through four. Um, I think Loris, it's, it's theirs to lose. Um, you did mention, obviously, lacrosse has a ton of entries. So when you do have entries far back, like really all you can do is gain points. Um, so I definitely could see us getting to day two and lacrosse being um, it back in the picture for the win. But right now I've been second. Hopkins, I have third. I, I don't know that Hopkins has the room to get higher um, just with their limited entries. And uh, then I have Wash U four. Yeah, I've got the same top four, different order. Loris winning, um, lacrosse second, Wash U third, and Hopkins fourth. Um, so yeah, kind of like you said there, Jordan, I just don't think they've got the entries that WashU does. And WashU is a team that historically shows up at the national meet. Um, and I see them doing that uh, this year. Uh, they've got 20 entries. So lots of depth, lots of opportunity to score big points. All right, Stu, let's hear your men's. Moving to the men, you might've heard it via the 200, the four by four, the long jump. They also have five guys in the javelin. And that is going to be massive for Rowan right now. Four of them are in scoring position. They're one, two, four, and seven in the javelin. Rowan's going to take home their title. The four by fours doesn't have any points for them on paper. And on paper right now, it's Warburg and John Carroll tied at 40, Rowan at 34, Benedictine at 30. So I'm taking Rowan right now. Don't count out Eau Claire. They are my runner up, the indoor national co national title winners. Coach Chip Schneider says they he thinks they're a little bit better outdoors than they are indoors. Uh, However, I don't think they're going to make up the, the five scores that potentially Rowan could have or four scores Rowan could potentially have. Warburg, after a disappointing performance as they came in number one and indoors, 
They're going to bounce back and get third. Dallas Wright's going to have a heck of a meet. He's entered in a lot and other hurdlers as well. And then Oshkosh Jordan, another team that didn't have their best indoor meet. They bounced back, get a trophy, and finished fourth. All right. Yeah, I've got – it's so close on the men's side. Um, and it's it might be an interesting year. I feel like we've had a couple years where it's taken a lot of points to get the win. It's taken high 40s or more um, for that winning team. But And we may have a year where – it's right at 40 or, or maybe even under, um, which is going to be exciting. It should come down all the way to the four by four, which is exactly what we would love to see. I've got Warburg um, getting the win. Um, I have Rowan third. I have UW Oshkosh third. Uh, and then John Carroll, I think, sneaks out a trophy um, on, on the strength of their distance squad. Yeah, they have three guys we forgot to mention in the steeple that that could play a big role for what Jamie and Alex do. Uh, that 10 K five K is tough. So we'll see, obviously we all had Alex doing well, but yeah. Can they, can they get it done? I think they have Garrett Clark in the two and the four by four that aren't ranked. So it'd be really on the 10 K five K and steeplechase. Yeah, I've got, I thought it was more of an upset, but you all had Oshkosh in your top four, but I have Oshkosh winning everything. Uh, you're welcome, Jordan. Uh, wow. I'm going to get hate if they win or be like, you didn't even pick them. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the new favorite, I guess. Um, but gosh, they've been having a great year. They beat lacrosse's streak at, at Wyax, which is like really yeah, it's like 20 some years. So impressive. So they're coming off of a lot of momentum. Those sprints events are, could be big scoring events for them. Uh, you know, Stephen Potter in those distant event, distance events. They've got a couple in the field events and two really strong relays. I think they could pull off the win, um, assuming, you know, some of those, those points get dispersed um, on some of those other strong teams. Uh, I've got Rowan in second. Uh, I feel like we could talk a lot about the, that men's jab field. Like, like you said, Stu, five in that field with Greg Peloso leading it at number eight all time. They have the potential right now on paper, they score 24 points in that event, which is crazy. <laughs> that one team that helps. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and you're right. They're, they're relay squads and um, some of their field and sprints events. Uh, I've got Warburg in third and John Carroll in fourth um, with those distance. And then I, I believe Garrett Clark is in the sprints too. So they'll have a couple in there. The last time I didn't pick John Carroll to get a trophy, they got a trophy. So I'll, you know, John Carroll, don't come, at, don't come at me. You're welcome. Well, that was a fun hour or so of dissecting the field. A lot to look forward to here in what you'll listen to this on Wednesday. So tomorrow when you hear this, we'll be kicking off day one of a three-day outdoor track and field championships. Jordan, Emily, any final thoughts as we prepare for a very fun weekend ahead? Tweet at Stu for his bad takes tag d3 glory days that's it have fun like this is this is what everybody works for this is my favorite part of the year you're in the field anything can happen right what we we picked have fun so if we didn't pick you it's not personal unless you're behind an oshkosh runner or pomona runner then it was personal for me but uh we we love the sport and we love talking about it so hopefully you enjoy hearing us ramble I think Jordan summed it up nicely. I hope nobody is offended by my pick. Sorry, JP. 
that's all. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on another fun episode. This has turned into a yearly tradition. If you want to take part in a prediction contest as well, find it in the link in our bio on the show notes on our social media. It's all linked there. We'll give out some prizes to the winner and thanks again for listening to D3 glory days. Once again, we, we are the announcers on the broadcast. We'll have some behind the scenes looks with some social media. So make sure you're following us at D3 glory days, Twitter and Instagram until then here's the glory days. Do you love track and field? Well, I'm sure by now everyone knows how much all of us in the Sidious Mag family love track and field and how much we enjoy sharing that love with you. Well, we've got a few big love sharing ideas in the works for the upcoming season, none bigger than what we've got planned for in Eugene, Oregon. Our summer of Hayward begins with the Nike Prefontaine Classic on Memorial Day weekend, where Team USA's men's and women's 10,000 meter teams will be determined. We'll then travel to the Toyota USATF Outdoor Championships in late June, which will determine the rest of Team USA, where we cap everything off in Eugene for Oregon 22 for the World Athletic Championships in mid-July, where Team USA will be the home team. We'll be there for every competitive moment in Hayward Field and hope to create some moments of our own pre- and post-meet with interviews, analysis, and behind-the-scenes stories with some of the track and field's most interesting athletes. At Hayward Magic on Instagram is also gearing up for all the action happening this season, and they want to see how you're preparing for the summer events at Hayward, whether you're in high school, in college, or professional. Show how you're preparing by sharing your training process on Instagram by using the hashtag MakeItToHayward in the description. At Hayward Magic, we'll select and feature the gutsiest posts in their feed. And who knows, the best submissions just might be compiled into a reel of story highlights and live on the Hayward Magic Instagram forever. The summer of Hayward will be unmissable, so you better not miss out. Be there if you can. Tickets are on sale now, so head to SidiousMag.com backslash Summer of Hayward. We love track and field.